Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. And we're glad to be back with you for another study. Um, David had to pretty much tell me to be quiet and start recording because we were having our own podcast here. Chad, yeah, he was he was dumping all the good stuff on when yeah, the mic we, wasn't on. That's right. So we decided to go ahead and start uh, recording and um, starting the podcast here. But as always, we got a great study for you. Um, the title of the lesson that we're going to go over was Keeping Your Eyes on the Lord. And uh, so uh, we've kind of been going through... Um, Characters of the Old Testament, men of faith, um, and so we're going to do a similar thing. Similar, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. And so we're looking forward to that. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed um, what we studied in the last few podcasts. we got some great ones. You might look at them if you haven't. Um, that We talk about, uh, let's see, um, okay, there was Daniel. And Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, um, David, David, and Joseph. Joseph. So those are the ones that are in the previous three or four podcasts. So and we picked on Moses a little bit last. Oh yeah, week. we got Moses in there. Um, so great, great examples for us in the Bible. Um, I really enjoyed uh, looking at them again. Every time you look at them, you learn something new. And you you all understand that, and that's why we're here. So uh, if you have any questions, uh, send us an email. Um, the the emails in the link, um, truthinagapelove at gmail dot com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer any questions you have. Uh, if you're struggling with something, we'd love to have a study. We can do Zoom. If you're in the Blackfoot area, though, come and worship with us. Uh, love to see you. We'd love to have you. Uh, Ten o'clock on Sunday morning is our class, and eleven o'clock is our worship on Sundays. Um, Three seventy North Schilling in Blackfoot, Idaho. We're two hours from Yellowstone, so if you're planning a trip out this way to the west, it's a beautiful time of year. It's green, really green. We've had lots of moisture. Um, we'd love to have you. Sw- make us part of your vacation plan. We'd love to worship with you, and uh, we'd look forward to, to meeting anyone who comes through. Uh, we always enjoy the visitors that come our way. Um, and again, if you're in the Blackfoot area, stop in and, and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Oh. Wednesday evening, 7.30. I forgot about that's that That's right. One. Okay. Uh, with that, that's probably covers everything, Dave. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Huh? Sounds good to me. <clears throat> so like Chad was saying, the, the topic or the lesson that we had, the, the title of it was Keeping Your Eyes on the Lord. And, you know, this has always been and always will be the only way that we, we will be able to see the Lord's face on that great day. Mm-hmm. When we see him in the clouds, yeah, you know, to be able to spend eternity with him, we have to keep our eyes on him. You know, we see in Exodus thirteen, twenty-one and twenty-two, and, and I, I love this image. So after the Lord brought his people out of slavery, notice how he is leading them to the promised land. In Exodus thirteen, twenty-one and twenty-two, it says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night, 
He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So this is how the Lord led them through the wilderness. But what's beautiful about it, this beautiful image is, notice what this meant for the people. In order for them to not get lost, they had to keep their eyes on the Lord. They had to keep their, their eyes on the Lord. Much like for us today, we have the perfect Word of God guiding us, right? And in order for us to not be lost eternally, we have to keep focused and meditating in His Word. His Word is our, our guide to eternal life with Him. Mm-hmm. So we need to keep our eyes on Him. Now this this evening uh, we're going to talk about some examples of of the great men of faith who kept their eyes on the Lord. Well, I guess that's that's one of the reasons we have many commandments in the New Testament to you know like the Bereans they um, search the scriptures daily. Yeah. Okay, that to me would be keeping your eyes on the Lord. You know, that's right. Uh, keeping yourself refreshed, keeping you know things fresh in your mind. Study it again, like I mentioned earlier. Every time we look at it, we learn something new. That's right. And you know, you know what's beautiful about the Bereans? Where they were being taught by the apostles. Yeah. And they didn't just take the apostles' word. They still went home and studied. Mm-hmm. They have to study themselves approved. So, you know, for those preachers out there, make sure that those that are listening to you still go to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Still, you have to be backed up by Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if... If you're out there and you, you you listen to the preacher, study yourselves approved like the Bereans did. Mm-hmm. You know, keep focused on the Lord, and and nothing but good will come from that. Yeah, very good point, Chad. And so the the first one we're going to look at, as we talked about last week with Moses, we're going to talk about him again. But you know, last week we kind of picked on him a little bit how he he took his eyes off the Lord and and he struck the rock rather than. Speaking to the rock. You know, in Numbers, he was told to speak to the rock. In Exodus, he was told to strike it. And so, in Numbers, when the Lord told him to speak to the rock, he didn't. He he actually, he struck it instead. But let's not forget who Moses was. You know, how he slipped up, that's what made him human. We all slip up. But notice what God says about him in Numbers 12, verse 3. He says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. So, you know, as we talked about last week, how Moses slipped up. Yes, we we all do that. But he was more humble than any other person. Mm -hmm. And that's why God chose him to lead his people out of Egypt. And there is so much more about Moses that we can we can learn from. You know, in Numbers 12, I read verse 3, but we're going to go through. Chad, can you read Numbers 12, 1 through 9? Yeah. <clears throat> but this is where Aaron, Aaron and Miriam spoke against Moses. And mm. notice how the Lord stood up for Moses. So go ahead and read it. Okay, here goes. Uh, Numbers 12, 1 through 9. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoke only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. 
Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then do you not uh, do you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. So a couple of things I didn't really talk about um, in my lesson, but as I was talking with David and Catherine later, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they brought out a good point. You know, can you imagine being Aaron or Miriam at this point? And the Lord says, you two come forward. Like, yeah. You already know what this is about. You're yeah, it's like, like uh-oh. Oh, yeah. oh, he heard us. You're like, uh-oh. And, but notice how how the Lord spoke to Moses. Yeah. You know, he talks That's to incredible. His, yeah, he talks to his other prophets. And, and there is no prophet that is weak. I mean, you look at Jeremiah, that, that poor prophet. He had to go before kings. He had to... It, in it's a, a vision, he thing. spoke to them in a vision That's or in right. a dream, not with my servant Moses. Yeah, with Moses, because Moses was faithful in all his house, God spoke to him face to face. And in Exodus 33, verse 11, says that he spoke to him as a friend, as he would a friend, face to face. Isn't that That's, something where oh, he said, um, um, he sees the form of the Lord? Yeah. That's something. Oh, man. No other prophet was able to get that. Uh -uh. Moses was very faithful to the Lord because he was so humbled before him. So let me ask you this. You know, since we were talking about it in um, class, Mm -hmm. which Lord is this? Is it God or or Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. it, it It would be very hard to... Uh, decipher between the well, two? Well, I guess uh, with Daniel, it was the son of God in the fire. Right. With, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was in the form of the son of God. Here, this is the Lord. So, I would think it's God. Well, and, and it, it actually could be Jesus. Could be. When you look at when um, God <laughs> first came to Moses in the pillar, or in the burning bush in, in Exodus 3, mm-hmm. right? And Moses said, well, if they ask who who sent me, what should I say? Mm-hmm. Tell them I am sent you. Yeah. You know, I am sent me. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at John, as Christ is talking, he says, I am the great I am. Yeah. So that was Christ in the burning bush speaking to Moses. Yeah. So it, it is hard to say. I, I didn't mean to like, <laughs> so folks, just so you know, a little background, we studied <laughs> yeah. the, the Jesus only um, argument on Sunday morning in our class, the the, the error of Jesus only. Um, Jesus only being the only God. Yeah, being the only Not, God. You know, as as there is God the Father, God the yeah. Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. There, there are three in the Godhead. Yeah. There's a false belief out there that there's it's Jesus only. Yeah, that's right. And so that's what we were studying. And so when we read this, I was like, 
Huh. This, you know. Yeah. Who, who's the Lord here? <laughs> it's It's got to be the Lord. Yeah. The Father. I might say the Son, actually. Yeah. But that's... Um, it doesn't because, really matter. Because it's a just... lot of times uh, in Scripture you'll see Lord God, both caps. Perhaps that's the Father. Could be. But even, you know... Um, Genesis one, hey, just to kind of. If you guys have a thought on this, send us an email. We'd <laughs> yeah. love, to, we'd love to hear. Yeah, it. let's talk about it. Um, but uh, Genesis one twenty six, as God is creating everything in Genesis one twenty six, it says, "Then God said, let us make man in our image, mm-hmm. according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle." Over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, we are made after God's image. But notice how God says, let us make man in our image. Now, if yeah, if Christ is only God, or Christ is not God, as that's another false belief out there, then who's God talking to? Yeah. Is, is he just talking to himself in the third person type mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah. He wouldn't be doing that. So there, there is the Godhead bodily, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But we, we got into a discussion, you know, as as uh, John 1, 1 through 4 illustrates that Christ, everything was created through him. And also in Colossians 1, uh, 15 through 18, says the same thing. All things were created through him, and without him nothing was made. And so we got into the discussion, you know, going back to Genesis 1, and God said, or God created, who is that? You know, and great discussion. You yeah. Know, but we, we essentially got to the point where it it comes across like without the Father, nothing would have been made. Without oh, the sure. Son, nothing would have been made. Yeah, and so that's right. They work together. And, and Genesis one twenty six really really drives that point home too where they were working together mm-hmm. you know and so how how they work together on that scripture doesn't say so we don't say well and i don't mean to get us too far off track <laughs> there but it is it is interesting because i mean just to think about how he um he could see the form of the lord that's really interesting yeah and and, and another beautiful thing about since we're on that subject, that's not the subject that we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the word the word God in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, is Elohim. And the word Elohim is both singular and plural. So this is something that, you know, as, as a Hebrew would be reading this, they would not get caught up, you know, whether there is only mm-hmm. a singular, only the Father, or only Christ as... The only God. They didn't get caught up on that. They understood the the Godhead bodily because of the word God is Elohim, which is also a plural. And so, you know, we do have verses that also illustrate this too. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's a little off subject. And if you want more into that, give us a call. Or if you have a thought, yeah, let us know. Send us an email and we'll we'll reach out. Shoot us an email and, and, and we'll get... Get in contact with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so notice how God spoke up for Moses here. Yeah. And notice how special Moses is to God. Being able to talk to God plainly. Not in a dream, not in a vision. It was 
and not even in dark sayings. It was plainly. Isn't it funny how plainly. how um, Aaron and Miriam kind of kind of colluded together, and whether it was like jealousy or you know something sparked it. Yeah, but I don't know if they may maybe would have been jealous with Moses. Maybe they were jealous of Moses's relationship with God. You maybe. know. Um, Rather than fearing them as they should have. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's something there that kind of got them off track, you know, um, and and in a sense, kind of going against um, what God said, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, just that's just another thing to think about. But then we see right after this, after God showed His anger towards them. Yeah. In verse nine, His anger was aroused against them. Miriam was struck with leprosy because of her disobedience. And oh, yeah, verse 10. If you don't know, leprosy was almost an incurable thing. Mm-hmm. And when you had leprosy, you were cast out as, you know, as an outsider. You were not allowed in the, in the city at all until you were healed. And if you can't get healed, which a lot of times leprosy, you weren't healed, so you're, you're a castaway. You, you can never enter the city, and you you die alone, essentially. And so then Aaron turns to Moses and, and asks him to plead to the Lord for him. And notice how Moses wasn't angry at them for speaking ill against them or anything. Mm-hmm. Moses then turned around and prayed for Miriam. You know, and, and then the Moses healed Miriam after seven days. She was cast out for seven days. Yeah. and But, you know, there is so much to Moses. Now, we're not going to go through these 17 verses, but as Moses is leading the people out of Egypt to the promised land, there were like some 17 different times that the people were complaining to Moses about being thirsty, hungered, <clears throat> So, and 17 times you see either the Lord going to Moses or you see Moses turning to the Lord and asking for guidance. Mm-hmm. And that's something, even, even when Moses struck the rock, he still went to the Lord first. He just didn't listen to the instruction of the Lord, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he still turned to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of person that Moses was. He never made a move without the Lord. Yeah. And that was Moses always keeping his eyes on the Lord. And that's something that we should try to do ourselves. You know, let's say, for example, your your business is failing or mm-hmm. you're getting ready to lose your house or, or whatever. Whatever disaster that's going on in your life, do you turn to the Lord to see you through it or you, do you try to find some mm-hmm. other way? Mm-hmm. You know, do you, do you try to depend on yourself to get you through it? You know, uh... And I think we've talked about this in the past, but I was really humbled when my my youngest daughter, when she was two, almost died. Mm-hmm. I was helpless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I realized I need God because <laughs> I can't save her. Well, and and in this instance here, they all had to wait on her. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. They waited seven days. They couldn't yep. go anywhere. They did not they move until she, until she was brought to them again. And then after that, they moved on and camped in the wilderness of Prim. Yep. So it's interesting that what happened there affected everyone. 
Yeah. You know, first thought, I, another thought That's I had. That's a really good point. Another thought I had was, um, how come Aaron didn't get punished? I guess his punishment was his wife having leprosy. Yeah. You know, that was his punishment. Yep. Even though he'd have to suffer the the consequences, per se, as physically, it was the fact that his wife was going to be shut out, basically dead to the world. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's interesting how they... Everyone was affected here. This This affected the whole group. Well, and by this time... <laughs> Notice what Aaron already lost. Mm-hmm. He already lost his sons, Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. And then in Numbers twenty, when um, Moses struck the rock, Moses in that in that context says, "Must we, as in me and Aaron, bring water for you again?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron and Moses were kicked out of the promised yeah. land, not allowed to enter into the yeah, promised land. Yeah, they were land. both punished for that. That's right, and so. Aaron lost a lot already, mm-hmm. and I guess Miriam did too, you know, being the mother. But uh, maybe it was because Miriam was the cohort of the whole thing. Maybe. I don't know. It's don't interesting, know. isn't it? I yeah. mean, they both received punishment because, you know, he is without a wife, basically. Yeah. So I guess that's punishment enough. But it's kind of weird how come he didn't get leprosy too, you know, that's what I thought. And then, Yeah. But yet the punishment... With her having leprosy is almost as bad. But a lot of times what we do notice is our sin affects not just us. It yeah, affects it affects everyone. The whole group had and, to wait and seven that could days. Be the, that could be the same issue with us and our family. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the man will go out and make a stupid mistake. Yeah. Everyone gets punished for it. Yeah. Let's say that the husband goes out and gets drunk. Yeah. And... Wrecks his car and then mm-hmm. he's in the hospital, loses his job. Yeah. That's the only source of income. Everyone suffers mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times this is what happens. Just like here, everyone suffered for Miriam's, Aaron and Miriam's mistake. Yeah. A lot of times that happens to us too. Mm-hmm. You know, or <clears throat> let's say, for example, you know, somebody in your family goes to jail. Everyone suffers for it. Well, and even just reputation. This, no, absolutely. This, this hurt Aaron's reputation too. Yeah. You know? Yep. So uh you know you're not as credible. No. You know. Um maybe you're the laughing stock of the town now. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it, it one thing can wreck the whole life. I say it about there's people that um give in to the lust of the flesh and yeah. cheat on their wife or cheat on their husband yep. and it affects them for the rest of their life. Yeah. Because if they get divorced or whatever, you know, now you got the kids. I mean, it's just a, it just spirals out of control. It's it a wreck. And, well, and that's and that's like my pet peeve. Like, and, and that's that's my pitfall. But I I don't understand how somebody could cheat on them. I don't either. You know, and, and it's like that violates a trust that well, cannot be mended. The thing is, people get in situations. I. It's that's probably, why that's the only. The only reason for divorce mm-hmm. that that is scriptural yeah. under God is if your spouse cheats on you, then you have the right to divorce them. That's and, the only one. And I guess it's it's like a little bit of pleasure for a short period of time can can totally change devastate your, your entire devastate life. your life. You know. Yeah. And so, anyways, it that's a whole other one. I'm sorry, David. <laughs> I get going down all these no, rabbit holes, is, but this is what I love about the podcast. We can. We can do whatever we want, man. But this, <laughs> this, this affected 
everyone here in this situation yeah a lot everyone had to wait seven days for her yeah and you could have had all kinds of problems food yeah um you know uh, we know that was a problem uh (laughs) livestock uh what the livestock ate they they could have ate down all the grass around them they had a problem there so it was a burden on everyone everyone suffered in some way here yeah set back seven days good point you know we talked last week about the fact where we, we go on a trip, we only plan for seven days. If you have to say seven more days, you're you're in need you're of out. some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Funds, food, clothes. Yeah. You know, and so. Gotta find the laundromat. Gotta. <laughs> they had to find the laundromat in the desert, Dave. Yeah. And that's tough. That is tough. <laughs> no, anyways, it's just, um, you know. And, and that's when you washed it thing, with sand. We we gotta be careful for ourselves to not be so selfish. <laughs> yeah. And 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 make these bad decisions, you might say, mm-hmm. and realize. And and even in the instance of being unfaithful, do you realize in that instant how much that's gonna affect people around you? Yeah. You know things like that. Anyways. Well, I'm even watching a show right now where this this man with his pride. Mm-hmm won't ask for help you know his sure and he's just having like his fifth child you mm-hmm. know in the in the show mm-hmm. but the the whole thing is they're struggling because there's people that are willing to help him like his co-workers but he, he doesn't want to do it no he doesn't want to accept it and yeah. it's like that's probably a pretty common one it is but yeah. even our pride can affect everyone else mm-hmm. you know yep so yeah I really appreciate how you brought that out. How, because of Moses or, or Aaron and Miriam's mistake, everyone suffered. Mm-hmm. Everyone got bogged down for seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, the Lord, because of Moses, the Lord was with them. Well, and they had to suffer a little, but yet because they turned to the Lord and they learned their lesson, That's turned right. back to the Lord, and they learned their lesson, they she was forgiven. And and know. as as a Christian, I, I'm, again, I appreciate you bringing this up because as a Christian, when we slip up, what mm-hmm. do we do? Same thing. We need to do the same thing mm-hmm. that they did. They yeah. turned back to the Lord. Yeah. You know, and that's that's actually what I love about Peter as well. You know, he always there's a few times where he made some mistakes. Yeah. But what he did is what made him so. Righteous. That is, he always turned back to the Lord. That is key here because, you know, immediately, and of course, <laughs> if something like that, Aaron here, when his wife got leprosy, he could have done one of two things. He could have blamed God, or he <laughs> could have asked God for forgiveness. Yeah. And that's what he did. He turned to Moses, hey, Lord, I'm sorry. Yeah. I messed up. Yep. You know, and he admitted it. We see with Judas, Judas, same thing. What did he do? He didn't turn back to the Lord. He could have. He could have. He should have. He should have, but he didn't. And and I, I really appreciate Judas because he repented, mm-hmm. but it was the wrong kind of repentance. Yeah. You know, and the, so when you hear about repentance in like Luke 13, 3 and 5, mm-hmm. and um, as they were called to repent in Acts 3, 19, Acts 2, 38, that repentance is, is um, the word repentance actually means a change of mind. Mm-hmm. Which causes you to turn away from that sin, and what's key and what the scripture is implying is that you turn to the Lord. Yeah, you know that's the repentance that is required of you. 
is to turn to the Lord. Turn mm-hmm. away from your sinful ways and turn to the Lord. And and it'll be very easy for him to say, you know what, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm and turn away. Yeah, because that's what some people do. Yeah. We we we, we want to just turn away from the problem rather than face our actions. Well, and, and ask forgiveness. That's where um, pride will get you in trouble. You're right. And that darn pride, man. Yeah. That'll get you in trouble every time. Yeah, it's a bad one. <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, so, as I just one? brought up Peter, yeah. let's turn. Let's start looking at Peter. Okay. In Matthew 14, 24 through 32, I'll read this one, Chad. Let's see how far off track we can get on this one. I know it. <laughs> and so here is where Peter was able to walk on water for a little bit. But notice he was only able to walk on water. When he kept his eyes on the Lord. As soon as he turned away from him, he started falling down. So starting in verse 24, Matthew 14. says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to the come onto the water with you. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So a few things to notice here um, to kind of get you into the story. This was... This isn't like a big sailboat that they were in. But notice how the wind was contrary to them. Yeah. Which means... They were struggling. Yeah. And in Mark, it talks about how they were rowing. Yeah. So this is a rowboat that yeah, they're in. There's no diesel engine. Yeah. There's no diesel engine <laughs> with you know power. And and <clears throat> this is why they were out there all night. Because notice there, there were four watches throughout the, throughout mm-hmm. the night. Mm-hmm. And it says in the fourth watch, Jesus went to them. Mm-hmm. So they were struggling all night. So, well, and um, one thing to, to know about uh, what little I know about, you know, maritime procedures. When you're in a storm like that, you want to keep the um, nose of the boat in towards the waves. Right. Okay. If you get in the valleys and turn sideways, it could roll It'll the boat over. over. Yeah. And so that's what they were working on, I'm sure. <clears throat> they yep. were trying to keep that boat in a position to where it's not going to capsize or take on water. Yeah. You know, and things like that. Um, and so that there was a struggle all night. You could just imagine. Yep. To be in that situation, I've been out um, on the water a few times when it's bad, just on lakes and stuff around here. Right. And when the wind picks up, it can, it can, it can happen really quick. Yeah. You know, an afternoon rainstorm comes in or whatever. Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. the lakes are real shallow, and so they 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 whip up waves really quick. And you want to get off yeah. as fast as you can because it's 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 no fun being out there. And um and so to 
the the point what i'm trying to get at here is where he says the and and when they got into when when they got into the boat that's peter and jesus right the wind ceased now i have never seen the wind and the waves just stop like that okay (laughs) it's nature those are little little miracles that you can overlook if you're not thinking about it yeah i mean how this isn't the, the first world? time that that's happened. Okay, and then verse 33 is key here because it says, Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Yes. Now, this is something that was miraculous that happened to the point where they recognized, <laughs> Okay, yeah, this guy. <laughs> I know who you are. You know, I picture, I mean, how do you calm the water? You can't. It takes no. time. Yeah. You know, there's... it. Waves travel a long ways, mm-hmm. and for it to just stop after they'd fought over four watches all night long. Yeah. Well, and not only that. Imagine even, seeing that. We can't even imagine seeing even that. Even if you, um, if you've ever been tubing or something like that, mm-hmm. or you're you're on a jet ski, mm-hmm. we used to always follow behind boats because mm-hmm. they make big waves. Mm-hmm. You know, but those waves continue on. Mm-hmm. For such a long they time. Do. And that's something... So this is a miracle how the seas just calmed. Yeah. That doesn't happen just instantly like that. But, you know, they, they were so afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And you can't blame them because who else could be walking on the there's, sea? Yeah, there's so, so many things we can point out here like yeah. that. It, it was a miracle. Yeah. The the, the whole point of, of Peter, you know, walking on water. Can you imagine? Oh, man. And, you know... Uh, so I've had uh, an experience with mm-hmm. the wind. Mm-hmm. So we're out at the lake, and this is in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And if you know nothing about Wyoming, guys, when the wind it quits, doesn't stop blowing. <laughs> hey, when the wind quits blowing, the natives fall down. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we were out there, and and I used to always go cliff jumping, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm up on the the top of the cliff, and this windstorm picked up, and it started pelting me with with sand. Boy, on a bare back, that hurts. Yeah. So I just jumped in mm-hmm. because that's a lot less painful. But as I got down into the water, now keep in mind, my friends called me a fish because I was always in the water. Those waves, and they're not that big. It's a it's a lake, big for me, but as my head is just above water, when these waves are coming in at yeah. you, man, it was scary. Yeah. And I had to get under the water mm-hmm. and swim in order to go anywhere because if i tried to swim on top of the waves yeah i wasn't going to go anywhere where i wanted yeah you can't do it and so and that's just a lake and so this is a sea oh and the ocean's totally different yeah and and this is wide open now this is the the sea of galilee if i recall so it's like eight feet or uh eight miles wide mm-hmm. type of thing yeah. and so it's not like this huge open ocean but eight miles of water yeah, I can get so you can see to the other side but it's it's a very barely. far distance away mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so the wind coming through there can easily make huge waves and so as it was contrary to them and they're in a rowboat they ain't gonna get nowhere mm-hmm. and clearly they didn't fourth watch of the night all this happened but notice <clears throat> peter yeah, that that's why we came over here. Yeah, that's why we. That's <laughs> right. That, now I remember. <laughs> but Peter, notice how Peter asked permission to come down into the water. The Lord says, "Come." 
But notice how he was able to walk on water. How beautiful would that have been? Oh, man. I, you know, to be able to walk on water, and he was doing it, the only way he could do it is as he was looking at the Lord. Mm -hmm. He was keeping his eyes on the Lord when he started looking at the waves. Well, he lost faith. Yeah. He got scared. That's right. And he started to sink. I probably would have, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and and I've always wondered whenever I read this, uh, how did Jesus walk on the water with it being so rough, you know? I was he going up and over the wave and then back down. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I had a discussion with somebody one time about this. Sorry, I was, I, I'm a practical I was thinking the person. same thing, and and it, in my head, okay, this is does not mean that this is the case, but in my head, I can imagine where it was just calm around Christ where he was walking. Yeah, that's, that's almost gotta be. Too. It's almost gotta be what happened. But I mean, here's it's it's miraculous. But yeah, it, I guess you you um, all of you listening have probably had the same thoughts um, because I think it's common for man to. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm always like, how'd they build that? You know, I, that's the yeah. kind of person I am. I'm always trying to uh, pull things apart with my eyes on how it worked. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. That's how my brain works, and so I think of Jesus and Peter. Trying to walk on this water that's rough and choppy and unnavigable, navigatable, you might right. say. But we know it happened. Yeah. It doesn't matter how However it happened. However it happened, you know, whether, yeah, who knows? But whether his, his feet were wet or not, we don't know. Yeah. You know, but he was walking on water. He certainly wasn't sinking. Christ yeah. was not sinking. And, uh, it could be similar to like what you said. It was just a path cleared and he's walking on the water, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to know how, how it worked. It doesn't matter. We know it happened. And we also know that when Peter lost faith in his mind, he sunk. That's right. And what happened? Jesus grabbed his hand and said, oh, you have little faith. Yeah. And this is such an important lesson for us today. You know, those waves and, and how boisterous they were that storm represents our life Mm -hmm. it it really does you know when you're a christian there is one thing that is most certain satan is after you Mm -hmm. you know satan does not like you to be faithful to the lord so he is going to attack you and he how he attacks you he attacks your weaknesses and that is certainly what we see with peter he attacked his weakness you know Mm -hmm. and so for us today, let's say for example you're you suffer with stress and anxiety. That's how Satan's going to attack you. Uh-huh. He's going to go after. He's going to create these moments in your life that cause you a lot of stress and anxiety. Those are the storms in your life. Those are the big storms. Mm-hmm. How do you get through it? Mm-hmm. Do you turn to the Lord? Do you do you seek Him in prayer? Do you go to His Word? To see you out of it, or do you try to figure it out on your own? Because, but that's what that storm is. That storm is is the the stress, or that that storm is your weakness that you're going to suffer mm-hmm. with. Turn to the Lord and try to see Him. Try to allow Him to see you through it. You know, and and be looking. To seek to be pleasing to the Lord through it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a good example of this, we just recently got a puppy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you knew that or not before mm-hmm. I said it, but... Um, I think Leighton told me. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that puppy, 
I'm going to tell you what, man. It has like the attention span of like a two month old. Mm-hmm. And so to try to train it, to try to, mm-hmm. you know, get a potty trained, all that stuff, it's a nightmare. And <laughs> it can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I don't do good with little things like that. So it can be very stressful. But I noticed how big of a blessing it is in our life because we have been able to, to reach out to the community mm-hmm. and. Dude, I've been able to hand out my cars to so mm-hmm. many more people. I've been able to invite them to church and, mm-hmm. and a lot more because of this puppy. Because people come up and, oh, he's so cute. Because who doesn't love a puppy, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And so we have been able to talk to so many more people because of it. And that's something. Um, and actually because of our puppy, I may be able to get a study out of it mm-hmm. already. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully hopefully it pulls through. Mm-hmm. Um but if I wasn't trying to do the Lord's work and, and I wasn't trying to be pleasing to the Lord, if I wasn't keeping my eyes on the Lord, I wouldn't see all that. Mm-hmm. I would drown in all the stress, you know, dealing with the puppy, you mm-hmm. know. Because, yeah, there's times where I come home and I'm just like, I hate this little thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Man. But then there's other times I'm like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I'm able to, to talk to more people about God because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's all depending on how you use your what you have. Yeah. Same thing with like phones. Mm-hmm. It can be a curse or a blessing. Oh, right? sure. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of stuff like that. And if you're not keeping your eyes on the Lord, it's going to be a curse to you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's something like like what we see here. The the Lord through these trials and through the storms makes us stronger in the Lord. There is. There is a reason why we're going through it. Chad, can you turn and read Hebrews 12, verse 11? Hey, I'm already there. Yes. Ah, sweet. So it says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. All righty. And so here, as we're going through this, mm-hmm. It's painful. Yeah. But afterwards, if you turn to the Lord, it's it it yields the po- the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Well, and you can see from the last two examples that we've used the the that um, it wasn't joyous. You think it was joyous for the Lord to have to call all three of you know Aaron, Miriam, and Moses together? <laughs> Do you think it was joyous for Aaron and Mo- Miriam to no to go through? <laughs> Well, and and we were just talking about, like, I think the worst job you could ever have in the world, maybe there's worse, but HR person. Yeah. I think that would be the worst job in the world. Yeah. Um, You you know, it's no fun to chasten someone or, or have to... Lay off someone. Tell someone what they're doing wrong. They need to fix it. I mean, do we like... I, I, I don't get a thrill at all about having to correct someone and tell them you're doing it wrong. Right. You're doing something wrong. I need you to fix it. Especially if it's like an HR thing where you're dealing with personalities and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 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 a nightmare in my mind. Yeah. I hate it. And so... Or if you've ever had to fire someone, that is not fun. No, it isn't. That is not fun at all. Because you've got the personal side and the business side, and you feel bad for this person. Yep. But it's the right. We can't have you around anymore. Sometimes it gets to that point. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, 
Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but well, and especially <laughs> but because I, of the the kind of person you are, Chad. Yeah, you're very. You're a big teddy bear, mm. and and I tell everyone you're you're like my Barnabas, where yeah. you always see the good side of things, and yeah. you see the good side in people. Yeah, and so for yeah, me, it is crushing it to, is, to lay someone off. Like oh, it is brutal. I don't want to do this, but if I don't, I'm not going to have a business later. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, well, you're going to lose all the rest of the people, and yeah. this one person's going to still be there. Yep, and so yeah, and it's not fun, and and the, so this chastening thing, I guess that's what makes me. Think think of it because it is not joyful okay it isn't um and 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 it wasn't joyful for the lord um it wasn't joyful for jesus to have to chasten peter here that's right he loved peter yeah we know that and it was not fun for jesus to see his faith uh fall and it wouldn't be easy for peter to hear the words of christ say oh you have no faith yeah you know and and then, um, but what we also see it, through this, as we see in Hebrews 12, but we also see in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, mm-hmm. to give you a future mm-hmm. and a hope. You know, this is something God had a future and a hope for Peter in mind. Yeah. For Aaron and Miriam as well, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, he. They learned a ton th- from that. Oh yeah, they're not gonna question Aaron or not question Moses again, yeah. you know, or not try to rise up against them. That's no, nope. you know. It, and Peter learned a and, lot from this too. Oh, absolutely. You know, and what I love about Peter is, even after this, he was pretty gung ho. He was, and and yes, we do see him. Like at at the death of Jesus, yeah, he denied him three times. But what did he do? He turned right back around and wept and repented. Come back even stronger. Came back even stronger. That's that's what we see in Peter. Every time he gets stronger and stronger. Every time he he may have slipped up, but he always came back and he was. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Well, and these are great examples for us because sometimes we get in that spot in our minds. You know, how many times have we heard, oh, I'm I'm too bad a person to go to church. Right. I've done too many bad things. I, this is, you know, I'm already too far gone. No, you're not. Yep. No, you're not. You can come back. There's been some terrible people that have been, and that's what Jesus died for. That's he, right. He, he, he died so he could forgive those trespasses of us in that we put in the past. Yep. And then we ask forgiveness for. Paul's a really good example of that, too. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was killing God's children. Sure. And the Lord forgave him. Yeah. Yeah. And so unless you're doing that and... <laughs> you know what? Uh, you're that's right. the worst you can get, <laughs> I guess. But no. And yet he was still forgiven. Well, and that's the thing. Um, look at Paul. Uh, Paul's a great example that you bring up because he said, I am the chief of sinners. He called himself the chief that's right. of sinners. Very good point. Now, he... You wouldn't probably look at him in that stage of his life and think that this guy is a great sinner, you know? Kind of like often I've brought this up that when I was a kid, I used to think, man, if I could just be the preacher, you know, I'd have it made, you know? (laughs) 
I, I laugh do, every time you say that. I would too. do everything right, and I, you know, I'd be just the perfect person, you know. And, but that's the impression we get sometimes. Yeah. That's why I like bringing that story up because. And what's so funny is, you know, the first time you told me that I laughed because I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, and, I'm an idiot, man. But but people people put men like that on a pedestal, thinking yes. that they're. Oh, he's a man of faith, or he's an ordained minister. And, and we could do that with the apostles very easily, or these great men of faith. Mm-hmm. But yet, any one of them, they were no different than we are today. Yeah, they were tempted exactly the same. They had the same, uh, you know, failures that we yeah. have today. And they all failed. And that's something that's really important for us to know. And and that's why they're they're there for our learning. So if you are listening and you think that you've uh, done too much. You're no good. You're never going to be uh, able to be a godly person. You're wrong. That couldn't be further from the truth. That's the furthest from the truth. That's what Jesus came for. That's what That's he right. came to this earth and and died on the cross for is for you. For you and me. That's right. All of us that are not perfect, that, that fall, that's what he came for. Amen. That's a very good point. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you know... Um, but through throughout the life of Peter, we see him fail a few times. Yeah. But he needed to go through that. Yeah. You know, he needed to. John 21, 18 and 19, here is where um, Jesus prophesies about the death of Peter. Prophesies the death, the kind of death he will endure. And, and I'm going to, let's read this, and then I'm going to actually... Um, talk about it for a little bit. So he says, Most assuredly, this is Christ speaking, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Mm -hmm. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. So, we see, like I said, a few different times in Peter's life where he took his eyes off the Lord. Mm-hmm. He fell to temptation, you know, the um, momentary lapse of judgment, right? Uh, in Galatians 2, we see him separating himself from the Galatians, showing partiality. There, Peter rebu- or Paul rebuked him. You know, we see him denying Christ at his death. But... Understand something. If he never went through this, if he never went through these tri- tribulations, these temptations, he would not have been strong enough at the end of his life to stand for the Lord. Yeah. And notice how how it says he signified by what death he would glorify God. Peter died glorifying God. Mm-hmm. To death, the very last breath he was glorifying God. He was defending Christ. Yeah. He would not have been strong enough had he not gone through what he went through. And so that's that's where we see that God had a hope and a future for him. Mm-hmm. It was an eternal future with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's what he had in mind for Peter. And that's why he went through what he went through. You know, the Lord puts things in our life to make us stronger. Yeah, we've got to find what we can learn that's from right. it. And that's if we're keeping our eyes on him. Mm-hmm. If we're not focused on him, we're going to miss it. You know, you know if if we're going through something and we don't turn to the Lord to try to see us through it, we'll never recognize that He actually seen us through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one example I know I've brought this up before, 
But if you've ever tried to hatch a chicken, <laughs> I mean, that's a common thing, right? Hatch yeah. a chicken, like in an incubator. Um, it's tempting to want to, when they start hatching in an incubator, if anyone's ever yeah. done it, it's tempting to want to pick the shell away and help the chick get out of the shell. Because right. it's a struggle for them to peck their way out of that shell. If you do help them, they won't make it. Because yeah. they need that struggle to strengthen themselves That's right. in order to survive once they get out of that shell. Isn't that something? I know. Uh, and, and, you know, that's by God's design. Same thing with a butterfly getting out of a cocoon. Right. If you try yeah. to help that butterfly out of that cocoon, they won't make it because they didn't receive that strength from that um, struggle. struggle you that's know. right. And... Uh, and so, you know, the Bible is full of, of examples from men just like Peter, Joseph. I mean, look at how many uh, hardships he went through and then ended up being one man under Pharaoh. Yeah. Well, first, because he put being his... Being a Hebrew. Being a Hebrew. Yeah. He was one position under Pharaoh, the king. That's right. And, and, it, and of course, you know, uh, he was faithful to God. He gave God all the credit, all the glory. Yeah. Um, but yet, he was thrown in prison several times. First, he was sold into slavery. You yeah. Know? But, and we've, and of course, go listen to the podcast, two or three podcasts for, before now if you want to hear the discussion about him. We don't need to go over it again. But... That's just, he had all these hardships that he had to build on in order to get to where he was. And there's examples of it all through. Of course, we can see it in our lives, too. That's right. You know, uh, we've had low times as Christians. All of us have. Yep. And maybe we doubted, you know, the Bible or or that this really happened, you know. I know that I've had those questions before, you know. Uh, why are we doing all this? You know, it's kind of thing. And so we get these down times or at some point, maybe you had to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to be a Christian, you know? Yeah. Because there's only one, there's only two choices. <laughs> yep. And and so, uh, but those those times in our life made us stronger to come out stronger and move forward and, and um, strengthen our faith. And Yeah. Another good example is um, in athletics. Yeah. Whatever sport you play, you mm-hmm. know, like say baseball or football, mm-hmm. you got to do so much running, mm-hmm. so much conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's not fun, mm-hmm. but it makes you a better player. It yeah. makes you stronger. And sure. There's a need for it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a good way to look at it. Just like you're talking about, Chad, that's a good way to look at it as we're walking through this life. Mm-hmm. These storms are mm-hmm. what makes us stronger. Yeah. And that's only, it only makes us stronger if we keep our eyes on the Lord, mm-hmm. like Peter did. Before he he looked away from Christ. Mm-hmm. If you if you're not looking to the Lord, you're gonna sink into that storm like like Peter did. I know you didn't. I don't think you had this in your lesson, but you could have the um, serpent when they when the serpent was killing them all, and if they when they got bit, if they looked That's at the a, yeah. That's a good example that for this, isn't it? That would have been a really it? good example to start Where with. Where were you on that one, Dave? <laughs> I don't know, man. I was in Exodus 13, apparently. Because you're talking about, you keep saying to look to the Lord, look to the Lord, and, and you got to look to the Lord. Yeah. Well, in order to be saved, that's what they had to do. We did a podcast on this a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Nahushtan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, y'all, go way back. It's early on, like in the 20s, probably. 
twenties yeah. or thirties of our no, it was probably twenties of our podcast. We did a, a podcast on the Nahushton. Yeah, Nahushton. Yeah. Yep. So go listen to that. That's that's an arch in the archives here on the podcast. You can go. Uh, we talk a lot about that because it's on our ambulances. It's a symbol for that's medical. Right. It's a medical symbol to look onto the serpent and you'll be healed. Yep. Um, and boy, that's a great contrast or a great comparison that story to this because the same we look to Christ. Yeah. To be healed and we keep our eyes on Him. See, I, I can't get every every good story in there because another one I wanted to talk about in this lesson that I didn't was Stephen. Oh, yeah. As he was being stoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's seen the, the face of the Lord because his that's, yeah. where, his, that's where his eyes were. Yep. Focus on the Lord and part his work. Part two. Part two coming up There's this Sunday. should be, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, uh, but, but it's it's true because, um, boy, that's a great example. Yeah. Uh, God told the people... Um, to look up to the serpent, and then they would be healed. So real, really, basically, what we're talking about here, because all these men of faith that we talk about, you know, Peter and them, they they all turn to the Lord, um, like we should. Or they're great examples for us. Yeah. There actually might be a part two. I don't know. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm telling you, dude, I've been <laughs> I've been mowing around in my head for actually a couple of. Uh, Lesson ideas, and now, thanks to you, Chad, now I got a third one up there. <laughs> like, oh man, Nahushtan, Nahushtan, yeah, Nahushtan part two compared to the Lord. Well, and that one, that one is uh, not necessarily talking about keeping your eyes on the Lord, mm-hmm. but rather uh, because what Nahushtan is is just a hunk of bronze. That's the mm-hmm. what Nahushtan means, and. What they were doing is after, after that whole section with with that bronze serpent, the Lord had a purpose for it, and now it's it's no longer had that same purpose. But yet they were still bowing to it and doing that. And he says it's Nahushtan. It's just a hunk of bronze. Yeah, you know what what God has put up at one point doesn't mean that it's it remains the same. And so just like going from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Testament had its its authority mm-hmm. during the time, but now for us it's like Nahushtan. It's Yeah. It's in the past, now we look to Christ. Yeah. But that bronze serpent it served its purpose. It served its purpose, but like for us today as we look to Christ on that cross. Mm-hmm. That's what it symbolized, you know? Mm-hmm. Those who look upon Christ on that cross will be saved. Yeah. And how simple it sounds, that's what faith is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we got two minutes, believe it or not, All right, to, so, to have a couple closing thoughts here. Yeah, so let's look at uh, Paul real okay. fast. Okay. So um, what what is very important for us to notice with Paul is that he... He went from persecuting Christians, as we see in Acts 9, 1 and 2. He was making havoc, threats, asking for to go to Damascus, you know, to, to imprison men and women, bring them bound to Jerusalem. And then in Acts 23, it says, Paul looked earnestly at the council, 
and said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. So we see that he was doing all of this, killing and persecuting God's children with a clean conscience. Now I say a clean conscience. He he was always faithful to the Lord, at yeah. least so he thought. He was convinced that he what he was doing was right. That's right. He was always keeping his eyes on the Lord, but he was doing what he felt was right rather than what going to the Word of God and going to what God actually wanted. And that's such an important example for us, you know, because as it comes to our faith, as it comes to religious matters, it doesn't matter what we feel. Mm -hmm. Paul is that perfect example. It does not matter what we feel. You know, if I feel like it's right to do this, it doesn't matter. If the Word of God contradicts that, then the Word of God is true and what you feel is wrong. Now, that that can sound harsh, and I don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth behind it is we have to base everything off of what God says, not what we feel or what we think or what we believe. That doesn't matter to us. Mm -hmm. And that's the example that we see in Paul. You know, he did everything with a clean conscience, and he was was of the strictest sect of Jews. He was a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. They held... The the Jewish law, they tried to live it perfectly. They, they tried to do it, and they held it strictly. But he was doing it, everything he was doing, killing Christians with a clean conscience, thinking he was a righteous person. But then he realized he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he realized he wasn't, we see in Philippians 3, he considered it all dumb. Everything he lost, everything he had in the Jewish faith, all of his his wealth, his his um, respect from other people, he was held to a high regard, and he was he was a leader of some sort, you know, because he was in charge of the stoning of Stephen, and so he was held to some high regard of some sort, and when he lost it all for the sake of Christ, he considered it dung, mm-hmm. and that's the, using the King James version, he wanted it as far away from him as possible because. It was not going to profit him eternally. Yeah, and that's what we need to learn. You know, as we read about in in Matthew fifteen eight and nine, vain worship. They worship me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mm-hmm. And because they hold as doctrine the commandments of men, we need to make sure that that we don't hold the commandments of men as doctrine. As the Word of God. And that's something that they did. We can't do that. And mm-hmm. and Paul is that perfect example because when he was a Jew, he was guilty of that as well. But he turned from it. And, and he was willing to be persecuted with the Christians. He was willing to die mm-hmm. as a Christian rather than be glorified by men as a Jew. Because the Jews, being a Jew, now that Christ has come and arisen... Jew is not going to profit him at all anymore. He wanted to be a follower of Christ. Yep. Do you have something to add to that? No, not really. And that was a, a quick recap of him, because <laughs> there's there's quite a bit in him too. But Proverbs sixteen twenty five and and uh, Chad and I brought this up a few times. But there is a way that seems right to a man. Yeah. But its end is the way of death. Yeah. It seems right to us, mm. but if it's not in accordance with the Word of God, then it is wrong, and it, its end is death. Yeah, and and basically when Paul says 
that uh, he did everything with a clear conscience. It seemed right to him. That's right. Even though it wasn't, uh, he couldn't what be God from the truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he missed missed some stuff there. Yep. Um, but once he realized, then he went full bore for God. You know, in the right direction. Yeah. So, um, but at first, it seemed right to him. Then That's he learned, right. hey, there's. Guess what? I got to do what God wants. You know. That's right. So. Yeah. And um, he, he gave it all up I think for that the sake can of Christ. Easily happen to really any one of us um, where it seems right to us, but we got to make sure it's what God wants us to do. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's it. Uh, I mean, this fastest hour in media, Man. you might say. That's what old uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say. Fastest <laughs> hour in media. Um, this is the fastest hour. In Dave and I's life, because it just goes so fast when we're studying and uh, doing the podcast here. And we, and there's so much we always want to say. Yeah, so we, much more. And, you know, we're, we're at least not having to go break for commercials or anything like that. But <laughs> um, thank goodness, because we would not be very good at that. No. Uh, but anyways, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the study. Um, send us an email uh, if you haven't. You know, emails in the link. Give us a like. Uh, subscribe share the podcast with your friends if you like what you hear um and uh, subscribe so you know when there's a new episode and we'll look forward to seeing you next time thank you everyone thanks